Hey everybody, the podcast is taking a break until the fall, but don't despair. We still have content for you. We're going to be releasing a podcast version of our successful YouTube video series with Belinda Livesey, a designer who has her own studio and is trying to level up. Over the course of eight episodes, we're going to be talking about a ton of topics that are going to help you get your business where you want it to be. And while you're listening to those, we'll be hard at work the next season of the future podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Process, and I'm hoping that you guys are loving this series. This is, I think, episode three, and back with me again is Melinda, and Melinda, what are we going to be talking about today? So today I want to know, how do I approach social media when I'm feeling really insecure, I'm overwhelmed with posting between business versus personal, and then getting paralyzed with fear when I'm about to post, and then I don't know what to say. Does it happen? Yeah, why a lot. You, why do you feel paralyzed? Because I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to post. Mean? I don't have a plan. So then I'm just randomly posting when I get the inspiration, but I don't have a plan of attack or a direction. So then I just don't post. Okay, so this episode is all about social media for all you creative types to get over your fear of judgment and everything else. Let's dive right in. So when I'm posting for social media, for one, I have a couple accounts. I have a personal account and I have a business account. Okay. And I'm not sure whether I should use my personal at all for business. Should I only use my business for business? Well, that's, that's I, I'm just ask, answering that question when I yeah. asked it. But the personal, should I use my personal for business at all? Should I keep it completely separate? Okay. How many different social platforms are you on? I'm on, let's see, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm now on Twitter. Okay. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Pinterest. Okay. Still counts. All right. And I'm not judging. I think that's it. Okay, which one do you have your strongest following in? Currently, Instagram. Okay. And you have two accounts, so let's open up those two accounts. So the first one is your professional account, yes. which is Marks and Maker. Mm -hmm. And right now you have 757 followers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how long is how old is that account? That is about a month old. Okay, that's great, by the way. You guys, if you have 757 followers and you've only been up for a month, that's fantastic. All right, what else? So then I have my personal that really has been just personal and I'm at 301 followers. Okay. And how long has that account been up? Uh, probably since Instagram started. <laughs> like three years? Probably, yeah. Okay. What is that telling you? That I shouldn't use personal for business. Okay. What else is it telling you? that I don't have very many followers? Well, without judgment, take, take the judgment right. away. Uh, let's just look at the numbers. Is it hard? Yeah. Why? It's hard to look at something objectively, especially when it's myself. I'm very self-judging. Okay. So one of the things I want you to get into the habit of doing is there's things that you make and I want you to be really passionate about it and I want you to put all your heart, soul, and love in who you are when you make it. But as soon as it releases your hands, as soon as you hit enter on the keyboard or hit command S on the save button, it's somebody else's work, it's somebody else's thing. And that bring that kind of level of detachment so that if people are throwing darts and arrows at you, it doesn't impact you at all. It's just another piece, it's another image on the internet, mm -hmm. okay? You're able to do that for other people's work. Mm -hmm. Let's start to train internally how to do that for ourselves. Okay. okay. And we have to be able to do that. And that has really helped me out. If 
if I had taken on a different approach when I was at school, I would probably be a very different person today. I knew very early on when I presented work from the first semester when I was at Art Center that that's just work and I'm here and I want to take notes as if it's somebody else's work. And I could see the differences between the way that I grew and learned as opposed to the other students. The other students were being defensive, they were putting their guard up, they were like trying to figure out other, they just weren't listening. And you can see it and it's very evident because what would, in, what would happen inevitably is that next week they would repeat the same mistake. Now if you want to go one level up from that, when the critique is going on, you get your critique, you take all your notes, and then the next person, you take those notes as if it's your work. So we, I would often see that people would tune out as soon as their work was done. They would relax and you could see their body language change, you know. Their shoulders would sink down and they'd be all right, cool. I don't need to pay attention anymore. What a tragic thing. You have the opportunity to learn from 18 other human beings that are creative and you can grow that much faster. Now some of you guys are probably sitting there thinking, well what's this got to do with me? I'm not in school anymore. I'm out in the real world. Can you apply that same kind of thinking to your social platforms? Yes, you can. What I do is I go and look at other people's work. What are they posting? How often are they posting? What are they saying about their work? How are they interacting with their fans and followers? And I study as if I'm back in school again. So I'm looking at my work as if somebody else did it. And I'm looking at other people's work as if I did it. Why are we isolating ourselves? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm looking at this and I see, okay, on one hand, you've had a count for three years or so, even longer, and you have basically 100 followers per year. Now, without judgment, that's not a gigantic number, okay, especially if you're early on or early in on the, on the Instagram game. Switching over to the other side, you've created something now that has resonated with people because within a month's time, you've gained 757 followers. Why do you think that's the case? For one, because it's very focused. Okay, focus. To a specific target. And so people know what to expect. And I remember what you had mentioned in the Art of Social webinar, uh, just about creating an account that's like a magazine. So people know when they sign up, they know what to expect because there's so much noise in the world that creating something that is consistent and people know what to expect, they're more likely to follow. And so I did take that approach when I started this. Okay. So what else do you think it is? So consistency is important, having focus and curating what it is that you feed. Because if we look at it like this, guys, there are a lot of places where we get our information from. And we'll go to different places to get it. But when, you're, when you kind of take a buffet, smorgasbord kind of approach, I don't know what to get from you, so I'll get what I want from somebody else. So Marks and Maker is all about deconstructing logo design based on golden ratio, golden means, and, and doing grid work. There's something else that you're doing that's really important here. I, I hope you're able to tell me and we'll see if you can figure it out. Why do you think there are more followers on this account versus the other account? Besides being consistent and focused and curating. And being intentional too about hashtags and... Okay, so hashtag. Um, I also share, this is sharing my discoveries and my process. So to me, it's sharing the behind the scenes of something that someone wouldn't normally see. When they see logos on Instagram, they don't always see the breakdown of how things are made or how did, did someone come to that conclusion or design. Um, they just see the end result. Okay. 
And what do you think the people who are following you, what are they getting from watching and looking at your feed? They're getting educated for one, they're learning with me. So I'm describing, not, I'm not only showing my notes, but I'm also describing the epiphanies that I've had or the things that I'm learning and then how do I take that? I showed um, in a couple posts how I took what I've learned and then I applied it to my own work and the things that I, I used to make my work better. Okay, now let's flip it over. Now let's look at your personal account. And what, what, are, what are the followers, all 301 of them, what are they getting from your feed on a personal account? They're getting to know me personally, which probably those 300 people, a good amount of those are my family and friends, okay. close ones. Uh, but they're seeing the day-to-day, -day, mostly my dog, actually. They're seeing okay. a lot of my dog. Right. Yeah. Now, there are people who have gigantic social followings just because their dog is incredibly cute or does something very interesting. No offense to your dog, but he's not that kind of dog. Oh, man. Doesn't look like it. It's going to be so sad. Well, he doesn't read Instagram, so we're okay. <laughs> All right. So... If we boil it down, can you figure out now what the secret is into gaining a social following? What do you think that is? If you took everything that you said and boiled it down to one thing, what's the most important thing? Focus and providing something of value. Providing something of value, if we're going with one thing. Say that with less words. Value. Giving Provide, value. Give value? Give value. Okay, give value. If you teach somebody something, they're likely to tune in because you're going to help them to grow. When I'm looking at pictures of your family, your dog, your husband, the dirt yard, the office, I'm not getting a whole lot of value from that. Now, if you're an interior designer, great. If you're a dog groomer, great. So you have to kind of be at the top of a certain category, and it could be a super micro niche subject that you love, and that's great. So here, I'm not getting a lot of value. It's valuable for your family to kind of stay in touch with. And that's why I typically do not do personal posts on any of my platforms. I stay away from that because I want to have a real relationship with my family and I can post whatever I want, maybe on one of those photo sharing sites that is walled off needing a username and a password, right? It's not really about pumping up my own ego celebrating how great and wonderful my life is because unless you're a celebrity, unless you're a beautiful woman or just you're a hip hop star or something like that, people just don't care. And once you achieve that status and they care about what you drank and where you went and who you talked to, we're not in that stage. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just not there. So let's focus on giving value to people by teaching. The way we do that, and you've said it very, very well, is you do it with intention you share your own discovery and process, and in doing so, people get onboarded with that. Like, oh, that's how Melinda sees the world. And maybe I need to go back and apply that same kind of thinking to my own work. Is that helping you out a little bit? It does, yeah. Okay, and the great thing about this, and if you look at through the lens of I'm sharing my process and my journey through design and creativity and business, then you really can't criticize me because it's just my journey. And I use that lens, like what did I learn today? Was there something important that was said between you and me or, or my wife and I? And then I would share that because it's a, my own discovery. Like you said, it was an epiphany. An epiphany is a strong word, but if, if you had a spark, it could just be as little as a spark. And it made you think about the day differently. And if you saw an act of kindness uh, somewhere and you're thinking, wow, that touched me, talk about how it impacted you. And that's it. And you will get more people to follow you. Okay? Yep.
That helps. All right. So I noticed now that you haven't posted something new in a while. Even Probably a week. Oh, it's only been a week? Yeah. You sure? Let's uh, click on this, Tucker. That's not the... That's an old one. No, that's the oh, latest. Six days ago. All right. So it's so about every let's talk week. about this. If you are able to, if you're able to, I know it's a lot of work to post one thing a day, that would be amazing. Now, not everybody can do that. But here's my take on this thing. It's better that you post once a week than to post seven times a day of things that are no consequence to anybody. Okay, so take the time to craft something, to put some love into it, but don't obsess over it so much so that you're overworking it. Uh, this is a great platform, these social platforms, because it's temporary. If you don't like it, you just delete it and you just move on. What's more important to me is when you post something, look at how much engagement you get from it. Are people liking, liking it? Are they commenting? Are they giving you, are they adding questions? Are they engaged in what it is, the conversation? And then respond to them if you have the time, okay? And I, I say this and it's kind of a funny statement. I will say something like, I love having deep, meaningful conversations with complete strangers that I would never meet. And I really do, because they ask some very profound questions. And it's gotten to such a point now that I need a whole team to help me because I'm scattered all over different social platforms. And so I have a remote team working on it. I have some staff here working on it. I've now enrolled my son, he's working on it. So they're all grabbing the questions and putting it into a database so that I can build up something. And maybe this will turn into something greater. I don't know yet. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Did we take care of a lot of your questions? Yes, we did, but I still have more. Well, let's go. So, I see where it's going to be a deep dive, so let's dive. So you hit on the one that I am getting a lot of followers at, yes. which I feel like I have hit a roadblock as far as what to share next because I want to transfer into something new, which I know I can share what I'm learning, but, but I feel like this was a very concentrated and focused and intentional share, and switching gears is really difficult. Like, Are you getting that. tired of doing this? No. Why would you switch gears? I guess I feel like I want to give something new for Why? people to, to see. If you notice, some of the most popular people to follow, they just do one thing over and over and over again, and they find variety in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are people who will take a picture of themselves a day. There's one woman, I forget her name, but she stands there in a sp specific pose, and she travels the world, and she's always in the center of the frame in that pose, and it's, it's nice to see. It's like, oh, there's something different, and I enjoy that. There are people who make a poster a day on an expression that they like, a quote, and that's all they do, and they just keep doing that. And it's very interesting to see how that changes over time. And I think one of the things that's really wonderful about seeing that is a lot of people think, oh, there must be only six ways to tell that story. And now there are 6,000 deep into it. That gets you to think, wow, I, maybe I've only been blocking myself from all the possibilities. And I think that's what is neat about seeing somebody's process. That helps. Okay. okay. So yeah. I think you're doing this wonderful logo grid thing. And I think you can do more of this. And I noticed that it was featured on a couple different sites with really big followers. And so that's how you're going to get noticed, right? So yeah. if you create something that's valuable that some other editor, curator is saying it's valuable and they share it with their community, you know you're onto something. Do not ignore that, okay? Whenever I get a spike in followers, I try and backtrack, like, where is that coming from? And so then we build relationships with those people. And we are doing cross-promotion with them. And I will try to create more content. And this is how I think. I try and create more content that the editors of that channel 
will want to, to feature more. Okay? We were featured on Creative Block and Design Taxi. I reached out to them. I didn't hear anything back, but every once in a while we do something and it hits their radar again and then they feature us. And it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Before we continue, here's John Roth. Heyo, John Roth here from the future. I'm here to tell you guys about the Pro Membership. A lot of you have been asking about how you can engage with us and where you can go to meet like-minded individuals. Well, I'm here to tell you how. For $75 a month with the Pro Membership, you can join Chris Doe's collective of creative entrepreneurs, which includes everyone from designers to strategists to writers and more from all over the world. Also included is over 40 hours of exclusive videos on a variety of topics, from the business of design to project management, and access to two pro calls a month, where you can have your questions answered by Chris live. All that and more in your pro membership for just $75 a month. Not afraid of commitment? Sign up for a year and save $150. The pro membership, exclusively in the online store. Go to thefuture.com shop for more. So we've hit on the one account that I do have followers on. Now what about the ones like Twitter, for example? I just started that account and I don't, I don't even barely, you know for one, I don't, I don't know what to say. And then I do need to learn more of how to use it and not technically, into, right? Not technically. Right. I mean, how to use it as opposed to how to post something on, on Instagram yeah, or on Facebook. Yeah, like it's different. It's a it different is. way of sharing information, the character count, but just just getting into it has been really difficult for me. Okay. Now, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I asked you to create that account so I can tag you on it. And so it's largely dormant. And this is a trick. This is a trick, guys, because you need to have different strategies for the different platforms. Don't get really lazy about this. Don't take one Instagram post and shove it to Facebook and to Twitter and to jam it out to Pinterest. Because it's my opinion that you teach people not to follow you on other platforms because it's really repetitive and it seems lazy. When I see that, I'm like, oh my God, they're doing the same post. So all those kind of automation software that does that for you, I used to do that. I was thinking, this is lame. I don't want to follow people that do, who, who just put out one piece of content and jam it out to four different channels. Why would I do that to people who want to follow me? So it forces me to continue to think about content and package it differently for each platform. Okay, Twitter has a character limitation of 144 characters. I'm not good enough in English to be able to write in 144 character chunks. So I had to create a hack and the hack for me was, hey, I can type things in Photoshop, in Keynote, and Illustrator. So I can cheat the whole system by creating a long text block. I'll throw it on a brightly colored background, and then I will try to give a person a reason as to why they want to share that image. So I'm creating a text image and then writing about that text image with text. And that sounds crazy, but that's what I do. Okay? Where do I get ideas from for this? Well, you remember how I was talking about having these meaningful conversations with strangers? Every once in a while, I rub up against somebody and they're stuck and they're having some kind of creative block. And I say something and I say it sometimes in an angry tone and then they're like, yes, I totally get that. And I was thinking, bing, there's a tweet. Or my wife will say something funny to me and I'm like, honey, you, know, you can't be a warrior, you have to be a warrior. And then that turns into my tweet. And then I create a graphic. Now, 
the neat thing about Twitter, and for all of the graphic designers that are out there, use your design training, your trade, to help you. If you're a comedian or if you're a writer like J.K. Rowling, of course you can just use Twitter the way it was meant to be used, but put an image in there. Use your skills in design, typography, layout. If you're an illustrator, put an illustration together and then attach it to a tweet. I think it's going to be seen. Like when you're scrubbing through the timeline, you can see like, oh, that's interesting. So the image draws you in and the text is very important because it allows it to be retweeted and favorited. I've done experiments when I've just put in an image and just a few words. It tends not to do that well. So an image with a quote or saying or something along those lines. What? <laughs> so can you, what you're can you saying, ask me in a full sentence? Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> when you talk about posting um, an image with text, yes. you're talking that text is normally a quote that you've said or that you've picked up. Correct? Is yes. That what you're saying? Okay. Just to be well, let's, let's be clear. That Maybe that wasn't super clear. What I try to do is I try and think this is what I want to say. And then I go into Keynote or Adobe Illustrator and I typeset it and I make it look good. And then I export it as an image. I save it to my phone, then I, I, I tweet that image. But the image is mostly just text. And then I try and write something that's not an exact paraphrase of the same thing. Okay? Yeah. So the image is almost like my headline. It's salacious, it's uh, bombastic, it's just big and it's confusing. It's meant to throw you off. Like one, one tweet that I put out there was justify your price, which I don't believe in at all. And so if people saw that in my timeline, they're like, whoa, what's going on with Chris? Why is he saying justify your price? That's against his ethos, right? And it's true. And then I say, never justify your price. Why do you feel the, compelled to defend what you're worth? If somebody doesn't see your worth, say thank you very much and move on. And so that thing gets shared. So I found my own way of doing this, okay? And each and every one of you guys will have to find what works for you, what's natural to you. And I'm not telling you to be the angry Asian guy because you're not. You can be whatever it is you want to be. And you're in this place where I think you can identify with a lot of people. And we're hearing about it from people who are commenting on our show. They're connecting to your story. So just do a better job of telling your story. Yes, tell my story. Tell your story. Right. All right, does it help you? Yes. All right, what else? And if you want more, we can dive deeper into that. I think that covered specifically Twitter, because that was my biggest theme. I just don't even know where to start, but that does give me a lot okay. to work with. I'm going to give you one more tip for okay. Twitter yeah. or Instagram or Facebook. Sure. Find somebody that you like in terms of the way that they speak, the way that they make imagery, and just copy them. Try to do it like them. I don't mean literally copy them, like take the same image and retweet it, but try to deconstruct their formula and do it just like them. If they use Helvetica, use Helvetica. If you use bright colors, use bright colors. And then over time, you'll start to get a feel for it. That helps. Okay? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, next. Okay, so next, I get afraid of what people are going to say, especially when I share my design, of being judged or called out that I'm not good enough. And so sometimes I don't share, especially my work, uh, because I want to avoid those comments. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of our audience feels this, that you don't want to be judged. What are people going to say? What are, what are the comments that you hear in your head that people are going to say? That 
I shouldn't be posting that because it's not helping the design community. Okay, you're not helping the design community? Yeah. Okay, um, what else? Maybe calling out a specific thing in my design. Like you messed bad. up on something? Like I messed up. Okay, they, so they're critiquing it? Critiquing it, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe even saying that it looks exactly like something else they've seen out there before. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I get that a, a designer's, one of their ultimate fears is, oh, no, I'm going to design this awesome thing and then realize that some other company or someone else has already done it and been using it for <clears> years. And, <throat> okay. Uh, so that's what a else? big one. You got another one or is that it? No, that's it. All right. Has anybody ever said any of these things to you yet? No. So this is all fear-based in your critique, mind? Critique, critique, maybe. Okay, that's fine. But besides that. All no. right, I'm gonna help you guys out. I think what you're asking right now is gonna hit a lot of people. So let's spend a little bit of time doing that. One, you're not helping the design community. Is that a fact or is that an opinion? Opinion. Well. In a different tweet, I said, you know, my mama taught me not to put too much attention to, on the opinions of others. I really just don't care. It's an opinion. So let's, let's create a column, whether it's real or not, to put everything that you can think that somebody's going to say into fact or opinion. Okay? And then we'll make another column. Like, let's say now it's a fact. Let's just assume it's a fact. Is it helpful or is it not helpful? And throw everything that's an opinion and not helpful out. What you're going to be left with is a positive, constructive critique. Meaning, um, you mentioned that it was done by this designer and it's actually done by that designer. So that's a fact. And that's a critique to help you. You're great. Thank you very much. That actually contributes to my body of knowledge. I don't look at that as an attack on me. That's totally okay. So we have to reframe this, okay? If I'm giving you advice today, which I am giving you advice, right? I'm telling you things that you're doing uh, incorrectly and I'm providing options to do it a different way. Do you feel like that's an attack on you? No. Well, how the heck are you going to grow if you don't be, if you're not open to that kind of stuff? So in the, like if we were looking at a hundred comments, I would say 78% of them, I don't know why I came up with 78, it's like mathematically not proven, are going to be opinion. The opinions of other people, I just really don't care. Of the remaining 22%, uh, how many of those things would be factual critiques that can help you? maybe five, and then you act upon those. I would say, thank you, thanks for pointing that out. You're right, we messed up. That's not the name of the song. We do that all the time, okay? Then there's this last little part which we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper, which is, oh, you ripped off XYZ designer. And you're like, oh, mm, you're right. Ooh. Well, there's all these really smart people on the internet. The internet is so freaking smart. They're so smart that they're like these walking historians and Wikipedias, right? They seem to know everything about everything, but they're not busy making anything and not contributing to the conversation at all. So let me just change the dialogue a little bit, okay? Here's my belief, and I just did a talk on this recently about the concept of being original, okay? Because you don't know where something comes from does not make your work original. So you're shocked and horrified that this thing that you thought was a breakthrough was actually a concept that had been circulated. And if you dig into it deep enough, you will have seen now it's been recirculated five times. So my whole thing is, guys, let's just be honest with ourselves. I think it's super arrogant to think that you're doing original work. Everything that you're doing is a reflection of all your life experiences. Now, if you grew up in a white room, devoid of visual stimulation by yourself, you could develop your own language your own art form, you can make your own media, 
But realistically, that doesn't happen. I think it's stupid. I think it's asinine. I think it's arrogant. I think it's foolish to sit there and think, this work is original. Well, I don't give a flying F about being original at all. I'm just in this space to learn. I just want to learn. And so I did a little illustration, and I'm not even shy about where I stole it from. I don't care. I just wanted to see if I can draw it. How hard is it to draw this thing? That's my challenge to, to, to myself. I don't really care. So, of course, people are like coming, oh, you've ripped off this Argentinian, or there's an Indian artist. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Why don't you go make something? You, you have something better to do with your time than sit there and point things out? I accept 100% everything I'm, I'm doing is a ripoff of something else. Now, now you're sitting there, now, now the internet's on fire right now. They're like, oh my God, he just did it again. Well, I didn't. Let me just say this. When you take from one source and you try to take credit that that's an original piece of work, that's a forgery to me, right? It's like as if you duplicated a stamp that's very valuable and you said that's the original. That's problematic. But I'm just saying right now, you guys, on the internet, nothing we do is original. All the business concepts and all the design things that I'm talking about today are regurgitated information from what I learned from my professors from school, from watching other YouTubers, from reading a book, and that person got it from another person, and if you backtrack all this stuff, a lot of it starts at this person, and it doesn't really matter. We're still thinking about the things that Socrates said, or Plato, or Buddha, and are we sitting around debating about whether those thoughts are original or not? And these are things that are hundreds, thousands of years old. Why are we here? You know, we're sitting on this table. I don't know how this table is made. I don't even know, and I don't really care. And we're borrowing and using ideas, technologies, process, methods from people before us. Otherwise, we would be reinventing everything all the time. What progress would we make? So all those people out there, if, it's bring, if it brings you joy to point out to other people that that's not original, please continue to do it. I'm still going to keep moving on. And some people who, who would say something like that to me, they'll get a firebomb back from me and a war will be started, but that's fine. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's just give up on the idea that anything we're going to do is original. If you're directly lifting something, just credit that person. The key to making this feel a little bit like your own is when your hands touch it, it inevitably changes. Try to bring in more sources. So it's like a little bit of Jim Rohn, a little bit of Casey Neistat, or it's a little bit of this. Other. Smash them together and it becomes your own thing. Okay? Is that all right? Yes, one question based off of that. Yeah? Copyright. So, sure, we can say, oh, I made it my own, and we did, and it's, you know, new, but that doesn't always hold up if there was an issue with copyright infringement. Are we talking about social media? Are you selling this stuff? Like, why we, have you been sued before for copyright infringement? Yeah. What are we worried about? I guess I've heard too many stories. They're just stories. You know what I heard a story about? Is that there are a lot of what we would consider accepted beliefs as being true, and sometimes these beliefs are totally unfounded, okay? Like, for example, uh, they were talking about, uh, I think it was on Invisibilia, and they were talking about the black bear everybody's afraid of the black bear and there's a lot of bears in Canada and they think they're gonna come out, they're aggressive, stay away from them. And this one person started to study like black bears and learn that they're actually really friendly and shy and all these kinds of things. And he had workshops where people would put food in their mouth and a black bear would come up and eat it out of their mouth and not even scratch them. 
So there's all these beliefs, these tales that we tell ourselves about why we shouldn't do something and we're just living in a life of fear. Uh, let's live in a life of abundance and positivity. See what it does, okay? So in the world, if there are 100 possible solutions and 99 of them are no, look for the one yes. Stop focusing on the no's because the no's will get you nowhere, okay? Now, I don't mean to be telling you to do things that are malicious, like deliberately copy something and pretend like it's yours. That's a forgery. People will call you out on that and then you will be stuck in design purgatory and you might get into some legal trouble as well. But that's not what I'm talking about here. You're in a process of learning. You're tracing logos. We're not saying that you designed those logos. We're not even saying you got permission to do it. All we're saying is you deconstructed its logos to help you understand a little bit more about proportion and scale. If that helps you, great. If not, don't follow you, follow somebody else. It's just as simple as that. That gives a lot of freedom to me. Like it just in posting and sharing my work and going out without fear, like everything you just said. Yeah. Well, I'd just like for you to change one part of that statement. Sharing my work. Just share work. Putting my attaches an idea of ownership. And if I say nothing's original, I, didn't, I don't own that idea and you can use it too. Okay? All I want to do is be credited for it. That's it. So people say, can I translate one of your shows into this other language? I say, of course, please. Because the only reason why I'm putting this material out there is for it to be shared. So please do share it. And I really appreciate you asking me in a very courteous manner and saying you'll backlink it and I appreciate that. But I just want it to be shared. And I'll end it on this because I did say this uh, the other day, but it was to a closed group of people, is there's a lot of uh, value placed on ownership. Like, I own this, these are material things. And I just think, you know, when settlers came to America and they took the land from the native people who lived here, I think it was an idea that was offensive to them that you can own land. Like who said, this land was here before you, it'll be here after you, and it'll be here in, in, when there are no humans left. And the idea of owning land was offensive to them. But today, we buy and sell land, we buy and sell water. What else are we gonna do? Are we gonna buy and sell air too? Maybe that's already happening, I don't know. So let's give up this idea of ownership. I think what we're doing is we're on this earth for a very short period of time. What we need to do is be good custodians and we're borrowing. We're borrowing it for a very temporary period of time. And the, the best way I know how to honor that, that privilege, is to share it with somebody else. And that's it. So whether it's an idea, a concept, a design, some raw materials, just try and share. Okay? That's it. Anything else on this one? No, that's it. All right, why don't you wrap up the show? Let's do some action items. What do you need to do differently from here on out? So I'm not going to use my personal Instagram for business. I'm either going to keep that completely separate and private somewhere else where the public does not see. Um, yeah, so keep that separate. Focus on being intentional, sharing, um, still going forward with my marks and makers and just showing the logo studies and keeping with that and going deep into that and explore everything I can within that subject. So those are my two big ones. And Twitter, approaching it, finding someone that I can 
emulate or copy across all platforms, but also with Twitter in particular to maybe pull out some quotes that I've either said or that I found and, and share them and make them shareable through images. Yeah. The number one thing that you guys need to do this is if you're going to put something out there, it's not really about you and your life and how beautiful you are. It's really about trying to help somebody. And the way that you can help them is just to share your process, to document your process and your journey throughout your life and your career. It could be about something that you learned in a personal, like for a personal relationship dynamic. It could be about how you're able to overcome a, a client conflict. Or maybe you had a breakthrough moment on a piece of design that you're working on, share that process. If you make it valuable for somebody else, chances are they'll see the value in it as well. If you make it about yourself and doing a ton of selfies, that's really about you. And frankly, you're just not that hot. Not you, I'm just saying you guys. You're just not. The Future is hosted by me, Chris Doe. The show is edited by Stuart Schuster. Big thanks to Adam Sanborn, who composed our theme song. To subscribe to The Future Podcast, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now SoundCloud. Make sure you rate and review our episodes. Don't miss out on upcoming events, live streams, workshops, and announcements by going to thefuture.com and sign up for the newsletter link at the bottom. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Future Is Here. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. See you in the future.